Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist. Here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach, and trainer, Michael Lafito. Welcome back to another episode of the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lafito. You are in the right place if you're an agent, you're a broker owner, you're looking to increase the average sale price of a property you represent, or you're looking to break into and dominate selling that high-end and luxury home. Again, we have some previous episodes that you might want to check out. We've had some amazing guests. You can go to LuxuryListingPodcast.com, or of course, you can find other episodes on iTunes or Stitcher. So let's get right into things. Welcome to the Luxury Listing Podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode, we have a very special guest. We have the CEO of Compass, which is a technology-backed real estate company. So without further ado, everyone say hello to Robert, or Robert say hello to everyone, I should say. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Well, thanks. Your time is so valuable. I appreciate uh, you joining us today. And um, you're based out of New York, correct? Yes, I'm based out of New York uh, in Manhattan. In Manhattan, okay. And um, I was very impressed with uh, Compass's business model. That's why I said let's, let's have you on. I think the guests will really enjoy the content you bring to today's uh, episode. But if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about your background, and I think part of the reason that I was so impressed by Compass is you don't have the traditional real estate background, and that's why... I think a lot of the you know, things that you guys are doing over at Compass is creative, outside the box, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about your team and the specialists you brought in, but, but share with the folks a little bit about you know, your background, if you wouldn't mind. Absolutely. Well, yeah, first, my roots are grounded in real estate. My mom is a real estate agent, has been for decades. Um, in college, I even worked on her team for a little bit to help pay for school. Uh, but after college, I worked as a consultant at McKinsey. I worked in the White House uh, as a senior advisor to the Secretary of the Treasury. And then I spent seven years at Goldman Sachs. Um, and during that time, I founded uh, a nonprofit called New York Needs You. It's now America Needs You. Uh, and it helps students who are first in their families to go to college. Um, with career development, college support, and two summer internships. And we work with uh, hundreds of students across uh, New York, New Jersey, Chicago, and California and Los Angeles. Um, and then I also uh, you know, ran uh, 50 marathons, won a state to raise a million dollars for nonprofits you know, during that time. And as a result, I started getting you know, much more excited about kind of entrepreneurial efforts like the ones I was doing in my philanthropic life, and I wanted to merge that with something professionally. So I ended up leaving Goldman uh, to found Compass, and it, it really because I wanted to do something that I was as passionate about for work as I was for nonprofits. Now, now you mentioned 50 marathons. Uh, am I correct? Five zero. Yes, five zero. 
five zero folks we're, for those of you that don't know a marathon is 26.2 miles um i mean you just nonchalantly went over that like yeah no no big deal 50 marathons that, congratulations that's a feat in itself to run one let alone five zero uh, i'm assuming a lot of those were pre-kids right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think um all but one were pre-kids you know i have yeah. the two daughters one's four years old and another one's one and a half and so okay. I think when she was one, I did my last marathon, which was in New York. And so now the only marathon is taking care of my kids and uh, working hard for Compass. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a marathon in itself, taking care of the, the dog, yeah. I can imagine. Um, well, thanks for sharing your background. It's always nice to know a little bit about who the guests are and their story behind there. And um, what, what inspired you, Robert, to found a technology company focused on the real estate industry um, you know there's a lot of tech companies out there but what ex inspired you you know to found a technology company that's focused on real estate yeah look when I think about an industry that's really big that's really meaningful in people's lives where the difference between where things are right now and where things could be um, in the ideal world. I think there's no bigger opportunity than real estate. Uh, when I left Goldman, I, I partnered with my now co-founder, Ori Alone, who had built one company that he sold to Google, another company sold to Twitter. He's one of the best technologists in the world. And uh, what was very important to him is that we were going to have an impact on an industry that we could actually improve. Uh, now, a lot of industries have been improved a, a great deal, but I think real estate just hasn't had the investment in people and investment in money to, to make it what it could be. And so knowing that my mom was a real estate agent, uh, and I'm very much emotionally, emotionally passionate about making agents' lives better, I thought there would be no better um, no better. Uh, company to found than Compass that can help real estate agents. To me, real estate agents are the largest underserved customer base in the country. The only customer of a brokerage firm is an agent. And agents' clients are their clients. Uh, and we can help build things for them if our agents want us to. But if you look at you know, agents, there's over a million in the country they're generating $75 billion of commissions a year. And you don't have any great in institutions and companies just asking them what they want, right? And there, there are a lot of really important you know, entities around agents, but there's too many of them. There's 270 software providers that are building for agents. Um, but they're not, they're, they're very small and fragmented in the boutique. Then the big ones aren't, aren't asking agents what they want. And, you know, the, the brokerage firms don't have the, the people and the capacity and the technology in-house to build for agents. And so, you know, I, I think we have a very unique opportunity to ask agents what they want and build it. Well, and, and I like, you know, the focus is, is, is agent, which leads me to my next question. There's a lot of real estate tech companies out there that are focused on the consumer experience, which is important. Don't get me wrong. 
but Compass is building tech tools for agents, and you kind of hit on that a little bit, but, but go into a little bit further, you know, why the focus um, with technology and tools for agents. Yeah, so I think the, so there are 270 software providers, 13 CRMs, 52 lead generation companies, three open house apps. Agents are getting emails from their clients on you know, Zillow, Trulia, Redfin, um, on text message, on email, on WhatsApp. Like, things are all over the place. The average agent has 13 different logins to 30, 13 different companies. It, that's not, that's, that's too complicated. <laughs> yeah. And I think until an agent has one login, until an agent has their entire business in one place, until an agent has the ability to do their business on a mobile phone, because it should be that simple, yeah. and where their CRM is connected to all of their, all of their tools. So it's one thing. Until that happens, uh, the agent is going to be doing a lot of work and spending a lot of time on things that aren't the best use of their time. And what I mean by that is we did this big survey of 3,000 agents across the country, and we asked them, what do you want? And the number one thing that agents wanted was time. They, we, and we asked them, you know, how much time do you spend with your customers? And the average agent only spends 11% of their time with customers because 89% of the time they're doing non-core, administrative, and arts and crafts tasks. So we're hiring incredible amounts of staff uh, and to do staff support in software technology to give agents more time so they can spend more time with their clients uh, as opposed to being burdened by all of this non-core work. Well, I mean, 13 mobile or 13 platforms that you have to remember a password for. I mean, I don't know how many times I know agents and even myself where you've gone through all your passwords and you're like, shoot, man. And can you imagine 13 of them? So simplifying a real estate agent's life because time is the one thing that you can't get enough of. I, I think that's 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 huge. I talk about money freedom equals relationship freedom equals time freedom you know and if you have more time you can do more things with your friends your loved ones you know run more marathons spend more time with your daughters whatever it might be and hopefully be more productive to to you know to make more money as well so that's huge um tell us a little bit about the team. I know we've spoke offline, and you shared with me the resumes of, of some of your your team over there at Compass, and it was quite impressive. And what I liked is you brought specialists in that specialized in specific niches and had their own skill sets, and most of them weren't within the real estate industry, which I found to be a breath of fresh air because I do feel like it's a dinosaur industry in so many ways. So tell us a little bit about your team. I understand you guys have a lot of folks working at Compass who do not come from the real estate background. So tell me how that works. Yeah, so we we merged a lot of experts from real estate with people from outside of real estate. Uh, and we hire great technologists and they sit next to agents and out of that comes magic. Right? When, you, when, you, when you really create a collaborative environment. And, and so some of the groups we have are, we have a, an 80-person in-house marketing and advertising agency. These are people that come from Pixar, from Connie Nash, from L'Oreal, from Apple. 
Uh, we have several designers from the MoMA Museum. And uh, if there's one thing that we've come to realize is that we are a marketing company. We market people, being the agents, and we market their properties. And so we're, we've created tools and strategies, um, both digital and offline, to not only make beautiful content, but to, um, you know, to, to get it in the, in the eyes of the people that you want in a better way. Uh, I'm happy to talk about some of the tools like Marketing Center and some of our social media strategies. The second uh, example is our technology team. We have uh, a team of over 70 uh, technologists that come from places like Google, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Microsoft, uh, and they're building tools that agents want in-house, all in one place. And we're prioritizing, our, we're prioritizing what we build solely off of what agents want. Um, and that includes things like a CRM. You know, that includes things like you know, uh, uh, one place to, to do all of your marketing material, your listing presentations, your valuations, to do it on mobile, to close your transactions, to be able to see all, all, all your customer insights, um, and to, to have the full search functionality um, uh, to be able to interact with their clients through your, your own company site. And we created a tool called Collections, which is basically a Pinterest board for properties. And so you can invite uh, your clients, your client can invite their family, and in one place you can all, anyone can put in properties and comment on them. Um, say, I like this, I don't like that. And you see price status changes in people's comments um, real time. Um, so that's a technology group that we brought from the outside to build for agents. We have IT in virtually every office. The vast majority of our IT comes from the Apple Store. Um, you know, we have uh, an in-house uh, business development team that's constantly asking the question, how do we get better uh, for our agents? And that can be an example of developing a referral network across agents. We now have over 30 offices in the country. Uh, last three, three summers ago, we had our first sales transaction. Now we have over 30 offices and 1,800 agents uh, across those offices. And you know, to date, only 2% of our agents this year have, have left. Uh, and so we have really high high retention, and the average agent that came to Compass grew their business 25% last year. Jeez. Those 2% you know, churn rate, that's amazing, 98% retention rate. Uh, congratulations on you. I mean, you hit a bunch of little points there, if you don't mind. One thing you talked about is marketing, a marketing company. I tell agents all the time, don't think like a real estate agent. Think like a marketer. You're not in the real estate business. You're in the business of marketing your real estate business. So it's, it's refreshing to hear you talk about marketing. Um, and then... The platform um, you referenced where it's, it, if you're working with a buyer and, you, you know, a buyer has a comment on a property, what, what, what was the name of that platform? It's called Collections. Collections, yeah. 
you, you had um, we had ran into each other in the past, and you had shared with me that platform, and it was very impressive. So um, your tech team is doing some really great things. Um, I've seen it firsthand, folks. That's part of the reason I have you know Robert on today's podcast is I was very impressed with the technology aspect that I'm seeing from Compass. So um, you Thank guys you. are doing some really great things. So keep that up. I really appreciate it. Um, but as important as technology and great marketing is, I can't stress enough the importance of culture and community. Um, we, I think the brokerage firm industry it is one that tends to hire almost anybody. Um, and they, they look at agents like dividend checks uh, and not like members of a community that, that you're building a culture around. And so when we asked agents, again, everything that we do is just what agents ask. Um, they said, what do you want in a company to could build an ideal company? They said, I would want a company that, uh, where I'm proud of everyone that I sit next to. And we asked them, what does that mean? What makes you proud? And they said, people that are likable, collaborative, experienced, and fully committed. And so, as an example, almost every company will hire people that are inexperienced or part-time or people that um, you know, aren't that collaborative but make money uh, in brokerage. And you know, I think what's helped us as much as anything else is creating a culture where you're very selective. And uh, again, every great institution in the world is selective. Uh, every great college, every great company, and uh, I think uh, the brokerage firms as an industry, we need to be more selective. Uh, and, and you have a, a bunch of, there are over a million agents, but you know, the majority of agents I talk to complain about the other agents. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I think if, if we were more selective as an industry, it would be a, a better one. I, I would I would even add to that. I mean, agents complain about other agents, or they complain about sometimes their clients or their sellers not being realistic. So, you know, oh, one of course. Of, you know, one of the most empowering things for an agent would be to fire a client or to say, you know, what I'm very selective in on the listings that I do take, and if you're not realistic about price or or positioning the property the way we think through neutralization and staging. So, you know, even for those agents on today's podcast. You know, you'll start attracting the right type of clientele if you fire or you don't, you know, take on the clients that you don't want. And it's no different than what you just said. Same thing with the brokerage. When you're recruiting, if you're recruiting agents that don't line up with your vision, your mission, you know, the culture, you know, they, they're going to become cancers to that office. No different than that overpriced listing with that unrealistic seller. I completely agree. Um, <clears throat> So a, a couple other questions that I have, um, very good information. You guys, I think, are in 10 markets, correct, uh, including Los Angeles, New York, Boston, Miami, um, <clears throat> larger, large cities. Um, why the focus on these you know, specific major metro areas? Um, and, you know, those are a lot of high-end markets. Are you only in, in high-end markets? That's a great question. Yeah, so right now we're in New York, Washington, D.C., um, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, uh, Naples, we're in you know, Boston, you know, Cambridge, Chestnut Hill, uh, the Hamptons, LA County, Orange County, including Malibu and Beverly Hills, Newport Beach, Pasadena, um, Santa Barbara, Montecito, Aspen, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And 
Uh, again, it may, it may sound like a broken record here, but the reason we decided where to go was we didn't make it up. We just asked our agents. When you ask the agent, you always, you always end up doing the right thing. Uh, our agents first said, we were in New York, and so they first said, hey, um, you need to be in, in Brooklyn. And so we launched a Brooklyn office. And they said, okay, you need to be in the Upper East Side. So we launched Upper East Side. Then they said, you need to be in the Hamptons because you know, there's a lot of client base going back and forth. And then they said Miami, and then you know, so on and so on. Um, and then, our, then Aspen, because the, you know, it's the pinnacle of luxury. And then our Aspen agents are saying Chicago now, and other agents are saying Chicago. So it's, it all comes from our agents. Look, I, I think that, you know, I was talking with somebody about uh, our model, uh, one of the, the biggest investors in the world. And he told me Jeff Bezos is a friend of his, uh, who Jeff Bezos founded Amazon. And he said, when Jeff founded Amazon in the early 90s, their mission was to create the most customer-centric company in the world. And at the time, people thought he was crazy. They're like, why are you so focused on the customer? Um, now, it, you know, it turned out to be a great strategy, and people kind of take it for granted that, yeah, of course, you should build for the customer. But back then, it was an innovative idea. I think the way history will judge Compass is they'll say, wow, they were crazy. They were building for agents. They were just doing whatever they wanted. They wanted to expand to market. Okay, we expanded to the market. They wanted to hire these kinds of people and not those kinds of people, then they did that. They wanted these kinds of marketing strategies, these kind of technologies in this order. They did that. But ultimately, I think people are going to say, wow, it was so obvious because agents are the customer. And so why make things up when the customer is right in front of you? That's, that's very powerful. I mean... I like I like the way you guys think. I mean, you're unconventional, but yet you make sense. It's simple as well. I mean, sometimes you have to keep it simple. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, tell me a little bit about, um, if you wouldn't mind, you know, technology. How do you feel like technology can help with pricing a property? You know, I won't mentioned by name, but there's a lot of online uh, home evaluation uh, sites out there that, that will evaluate the price of a home. Um, so we're not talk I don't want to talk specifically to that, but talk to me a little bit about how you think technology can help in pricing a property, because you guys are, you know, a, a technology, you know, backed real estate company. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think technology can be a good tool for agents, but nothing can replace the agent's judgment. Um, and so, specifically, you know, we have a, a, one of the most extensive valuation tools in real estate. But it, it's really a tool for an agent to look at what are the competitive properties, what's active, what's in contract, what's or, or in escrow, what's sold this recently, yeah, what is a similar neighborhood and pro property type. And then within that, you still got to look and say, is this a comparable property? Uh, has it? Is, is there? Has one been renovated? Has, does one have a different view? Like and so, you know, no automated valuation tool, I believe, can replace the agent. Um, it can make an agent's life more difficult because uh, it, it forces the agent to defend themselves in front of the client. But ultimately, the tools we're building are more around. Making it, helping agents make clear their value, while I think other tools that are out there 
are trying to make consumers feel like they're smarter than agents. Now again, our, our tools, we want our tools to make it clear that agents are smarter than the, the consumer because they live and breathe this all day long. Yeah, the human element side of things, I mean, you might just, you know, technology doesn't know the upgrades, you know, all, all the, the, the various facets in pricing a property. Again, it's one thing if you're in a cookie-cutter neighborhood to determine comps, but when you're talking luxury-specific, which, of course, is our focus on this podcast, you know, every property is unique. And I tell agents all the time through our trainings, don't use the word CMA. You know, don't, don't use the word comps because that's going to be a slap in the face of a luxury seller. Who, whose property is unique. It's one of a kind. And you might use the term luxury snapshot. I'm going to give you a snapshot of the luxury market as, you know, as we see it in Manhattan or this particular neighborhood or this building, that sort of thing. But you know, if you use the term comps or CMA for properties that are unique, that aren't in cookie-cutter neighborhoods, you know, you're going to potentially lose the listing before you even get you know, you know, your foot in the door. Yeah, look, I, that's a really interesting concept. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, that makes a lot of sense, um, per, particularly in the luxury market. Clients feel like their property is unique, and so to say it's just the same as something else, um, it, it can go against you. Yeah, I, I would agree. And many times I don't discuss price on that initial appointment as well, and I recommend that to agents because, again, if it's unique and you come, come prepared for with with a price. If I'm the seller, because the most listened to radio station that home sellers listen to is WIIFM, what's in it for me? All they care about is what I or another agent is going to do to solve, you know, save them time, aggravation, and make more money. I'll flat out tell the seller, Mr. Seller, I don't come pre prepared for a price today. You have a very unique home. I need to walk through it and see firsthand all the improvements and, uh, you know, the floor plan. So I recommend if you're talking to any other agent and they come prepared with a price on the first appointment, walk them to the door because they're looking at comps, you know, and how can they look at comps? They haven't even walked through your home, so I, I kind of that's one of the ways that I, you know, differentiate myself from the competition. And you plant that seed, Robert. So when you know that other agent comes in with their clipboard and all their comps, and they want to discuss it right off the bat, you know, that seller's thinking, man, Michael was right. You know, this agent is traditional. How can they even come up with a price? And they haven't even seen my house before. But that's that's a whole other uh, topic. We can talk just on the listing appointment. Uh, you know, a couple episodes in itself. Talk to me, um, if you want not mind. We talk a lot about marketing, but does, how does Compass approach marketing luxury properties? Yeah, so mar luxury properties, uh, I think, have to be treated in a very unique way. Um, and so we have our in-house marketing team can can do a number of things. One, there's international exposure, which I'll talk about. Two, there's exposure to agents in a, uh, it, who can bring the buyers. And three, there's, um, there's the traditional um, print as well as for social. And so let's just kind of go through those. International, we developed a list of the top 15,000 agents in the world's 20 wealthiest cities and we can send our listings to them, our luxury listings to them once a month. Uh, and we also syndicate to a number of 
international aggregators where those buyers are searching. But we have a belief that luxury buyers aren't searching by themselves. They're working with agents. And so that's why we really like to target the agents. Uh, and, and that's the purpose of that list of 15,000 agents. Domestically, we have a special tool uh, that you know, we built which lets you contact agents within any experience type. And so uh, if an agent, if your property is in this neighborhood, in this price point, um, with this many beds, you can email, call um, all of them, uh, or you can email them all instantly or call them all um, or mail them uh, at their office uh, the property in a, a very short amount of time. And so it's very quick. You can do the email in 60 seconds. Um, but again, we believe that the luxury buyers in a place that's called Chicago aren't searching by themselves. They're, they're, they're working with an agent who's helping them sift through everything. And so that's why we want to, we, we create a tool that helps agents contact those agents. Uh, three, the you know, traditional print, you know, we just believe it has to be absolutely beautiful. Um, that, that's why we hire designers that went to design school, right? I think a lot of the brokerage firms have people that were, you know, great assistants or office managers that started doing design. Um, you know, we, we believe that, you know, designers should, should have been trained to do so. And so, you know, we believe uh, that, you know, that everything needs to be absolutely beautiful and distinguished in the same way as their properties. And lastly, social media. It is incredible how targeted you could be on social media now. You can target people by, by city, by income, by uh, profession, by hobby, uh, and, and so we have a, a bunch of people and tools in-house that let people target a certain buyer type on social media in that kind of way. That's pretty cool. Yes, you're absolutely right with social media targeting through demographic price points, household income. I mean, you can really, you know, zoom in. You can do that with print marketing as well through list built, you know, <clears throat> list targeting, but it's made it a lot easier to do that. Um, interesting. I like how you break it down into those four components. Um, anything from, you know, the international agents to, you know, making the communication easy for your agents, uh, f for buyers agents or listing agents that have sold similar properties. And that's where the technology aspect comes in. If agents are too busy focusing and doing all this research and, uh, you know, that's one thing that I've heard you say in the past offline, you're trying to give the, the agents the tools to make their life easier, correct? That's correct. Um, so tell me about growth. I mean, there's a lot of agents out there that as we go into the winter months, they might be saying, hey, is so-and-so company right for me? Um, are you guys looking to expand in any other markets? You, you, you mentioned the markets that you're in, the 10 markets. Um, for anyone that's you know, on this podcast, can you talk about anything that you feel comfortable sharing, what other markets you're looking at? Uh, yeah, yeah, so, um, so later this fall, we want to launch in Chicago. Uh, we're also you know, looking at Greenwich, uh, Westchester. Uh, we're looking at 
Atlanta, Seattle, San Diego, Austin, and Dallas. So those are the next markets. Um, we're also you know, likely going to launch Baltimore and Philadelphia as well. Um, but you know, over the next two years, we want to launch approximately 10 markets. Okay, so du- double. Yeah. D- d- random question, totally off the cuff, but we're talking technology. Obviously, with some of the other uh, technology platforms out there, um, I don't want to mention them by name, but um, do you think the agent will ever be completely replaced by technology? Why or why not? Okay, that's a, that's a great question. I, I get asked it all the time. Um, I think the I think with a million agents in the country, I think technology may reduce that number um, to a much smaller number. Uh, I think technology is going to allow the best agents to get better, uh, the ones that are willing to adapt, to learn how to, how to build teams, to focus on efficiency and using their, t- their time wisely. Um, and I think it's making it, it harder to be uh, an individual agent that doesn't want to be a part of change. Um, and I think the same issue at the brokerage level. I think the best brokerages will get better, and the the worst will you know will have a harder time um, surviving. Uh, in terms of technology specifically, there are two worlds that I see. One where uh, an agent spends more time researching, implementing switching technologies than anything else they do. They become almost a professional IT outsourcer. They're always having to learn new products because the world changes and they're being forced to switch back and forth from different CRMs to different search apps to WhatsApp to whatever's going to be after WhatsApp. And they're always having to learn new things as opposed to working with their clients. Uh, And then there's the world that we want to create where the agent can just focus on their clients because they know that they're working on a a platform that will change with the world around it. And the the way I would explain that is if you use Gmail or Google or Outlook, those products have probably changed hundreds, hundreds of times in the last five to ten years. But you don't know that because it's been within one system. You know, Gmail didn't force you to go to AOL or, or Yahoo um, or Excite in order to get a new feature. It all adapted in Gmail. And because it was one company without a bunch of different logins that did everything themselves and got better. Um, and so I, I believe that in order to save the agents, they need to be focused on their clients not on this other stuff. And the agent can't solve that problem alone. And the brokerage firms aren't trying to solve that problem. Uh, and that's, that's our mission or our vision is to make it so that when an agent wakes up in the morning, the first thing they look at is the Compass site, which tells them all the activities that are happening um, for people on their team, their clients, their listings, their own agent page, and give them recommend, recommended actions from a CRM that helps them identify what they should be doing with that day. 
Think about the average agent that has 2,000 contacts. Let's just think about the average agent. Is there any agent that you know who can wake up in the morning and say, I know for certain that I'm calling the right people today. I've worked with 2,000 people in the past. I know I'm calling the right people. If you can't answer that, that's a really big problem. I, I don't know an agent that can look themselves in the mirror and say, I know I'm using the right tools. Because... It's like New York restaurants. One opens and closes every day. <laughs> like you can't, you can't stay on top of it. And so again, you know, our, our vision is to create a product that allows the agent not to have to be a researcher of tools, an integrator of tools, um, not have to be constantly spending so much time going back and forth between different logins, but just focus on their clients because they know that their company is building the platform that will allow them to be their best self in the future. That's, that's great stuff. I, I, I like the mission. I like the reason behind it, the explanation behind it. Um, Alice, let's, let's get your take. You travel a lot. I mean, you have your pulse on 10 markets, soon to be maybe 20 markets in the next year. Um, what are you seeing when it comes to luxury? And let, let me back up first off. Um, as, as a company, do you define luxury as a million dollars plus or three times the market average sale price? Do you have a definition of luxury as a company or is it just specific to each region? You know, for example, with our certification, we define luxury as three times the market average sale price. So if the average sale price is 300, 900 and above would be luxury. If the average sale price is a million, 3 million and above would be luxury because we know that, you know, the the Silicon Valley is different than a suburb in Chicago. But how does Compass or you personally or both define luxury? Yeah, so me personally, I believe that whether it's a million dollar home or a hundred million dollar home that sellers um, view their property as a luxury property and one and that agents will do well by treating them all the same um, regardless of the price point yeah, giving them all the same effort will be the best for your career um, also a million dollars is a lot of money. <laughs> right? yeah, like, and that, that's, I, I think sometimes we forget how much money these, these homes are. And it, it is definitely a, a, a luxury. Uh, that said, I think there's a difference between middle market, high end. Um, and so that, that would depend on the market. I, I think on the market. In, yeah, in New York, I think middle market kind of ends in the kind of call it you know, three, somewhere between the three to four million, and then it becomes more, more high end um, after five. Uh, sure. Well, yeah, think about LA, and LA, the, in Beverly Hills, <laughs> the, the middle market, it's probably a similar kind of middle market spectrum going to high end, being the kind of three to, three to five, but if you go 40 minutes um, to Northeast LA, uh, high end becomes two million, um, or even one and a half. And so, it, you know, one of the beautiful things about this industry is the diversity uh, of it. And I, I'm, you know, my background, you know, half black, 
half Jewish. You know, my wife's Dominican. So I'm, I'm, I just love diversity, and that's why I moved to New York City because it's the most diverse city in the world. And more languages spoken in New York than any other country. Um, 60% of New Yorkers aren't from New York. 37% are immigrants from a different country. 23% are from a different city in the United States. Uh, and so I love diversity, and I get to travel yeah. the country meeting agents that reflect the diversity of their different communities. Uh, yeah, it's one of the few careers where you can be incredibly successful, make half a million dollars or more as your authentic self. Uh, in Brooklyn, you can have tattoos on your, you know, all, you know, all, very visible tattoos across your arms and your hands and your neck, while um, in other markets, you can wear shorts, like in, um, in Montauk, in the, in the out east in the Hamptons, uh, where it's just much more casual. And, and so I, I really love the diversity, but in the diversity, are, are very, it's a very local business. You know, New York City is different than LA, and LA is different than Miami, and Miami is different than Chicago, and even within these markets, they're different. Uh, and so, yeah, everything's local. Okay. No, I, I agree with it. it. It is local. Which bl- brings me to my last question is overall, again, I know it's local and depends on regions, but from a 6,000, you know, 10,000 foot view, you know, where do you see in particular, you know, the 10 markets you in, but the, the, the luxury, the, the high-end properties, is it cooling off? Is it, is it a seller's market? You know, a lot of inventory, not a lot of supply. Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Um, you know, I, I guess in particular, you know, since the start of the year, uh, we have new administration, not bringing up politics, but how do you think things are coming or going or trending you know, as we, you know, enter fall, winter, you know, the, the tail end of 2017. What have you seen based on yeah. the marketplaces that you're in? Yeah, I think generally speaking, the market's still been very active. Um, that said, I think this is a very important time to start talking to sellers about pricing more modestly. Um, when I When I look at the world, I see... The stock market at an all-time high, and I question if there's more upside than downside. Uh, I, I would, I, I wouldn't be bullish that we're going to see huge, huge gains uh, in the year or, or year to head. And the stock market is one of the primary drivers for real estate prices. So I think that's that's one reason to be a little more um, tepid. Two, I see a lot of inventory and high days on market uh, in most markets. And then three. I, I see the quality of life not improving or in certain places even um, deteriorating. And so in New York City, for example, there are more um, empty retail spaces, you know, largely driven by Amazon, than any time in my lifetime. And as a result, you know, it's affecting the community. And there's, um, it's starting to feel less safe in certain areas. And so New York's prices went up when you had jo- and jobs increase, you had safety increase, quality of life increase, and stock market increase. Now in New York City, um, you know, Wall Street is, is hurting. A quality of life doesn't seem to be advancing, and some would say deteriorating. Uh, and 
you have a stock market where I, I just don't know how much upside there is. And so, um, yeah, I, I just think it's really important for agents to learn in their local market how to describe in a sensitive way to sellers that not to be overconfident. And there's a lot of downside to overpricing. When you overprice, then and you have high days on market, when you have high days on market, then buyers are going to say, oh, um, there must be something wrong with this property. Yeah, maybe that shy be concerned. It's been on the market for uh, nine months. So, there must be something wrong. Or they can say, you know, this, this seller must be distracted, must must be willing to take uh, a, a really low ball bid because they've had a hard time selling it. Yeah, and so there's there's a, a, a real downside uh, to overpricing that sellers need to be educated on. Yeah, and I think there are ways to describe why this is not a market to be super aggressive in. Yeah. Well, great insight, and I would agree with you as well. I'm, I'm staying trending a little bit more uh, towards a, a buyer's market. So managing your seller's expectations up front and then throughout the process. And part of the ways you can do that is, of course, educating them on what's going on, what's sold, what hasn't sold, that sort of thing. So managing your client's expectations and having an open line of communication is uh, what we recommend to our agents. Um, so... So, so this kind of brings us to the conclusion. Some amazing content you've shared with us, Robert. For somebody that wants to get in touch with you or find out more about Compass, what's the best way um, for them to contact you? Yeah, it's robert.refkin at compass.com. And so specifically, R-O-B-E-R-T dot R-E two F as in Frank, F-F, K-I-N as in Nancy at compass.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for your time. Some great insight. I love hearing about what you guys are doing at Compass. Some exciting times for agents. Uh, again, <coughs> marketing is a key component of what we teach, and, um, so, uh, and the technology is as well. So thank you for your time. And, great. Um, <coughs> keep up thank the you. Uh, it's a real privilege to be uh, on your segment, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. And, and again, folks, if uh, you want to download this episode or future episodes, again, you can, go, you can find us on Stitcher or iTunes, or you can always go to LuxuryListingPodcast.com for previous episodes. If you have some suggestions or you think somebody would be a great guest on one of the episodes, simply email us at Michael, email me at Michael at MarketingLuxuryGroup.com. Again, Michael at MarketingLuxuryGroup.com. If you'd like more information on our certification, which is known as the Luxury Listing Specialist Certification, simply go to LuxuryListingSpecialist.com. LuxuryListingSpecialist.com. You'll find out more information about our new book, our new book, which is Luxury Listing Specialist. It's just about to be released by the time this uh, episode premieres. It will be out. It's a great read. It's over 180 pages. So for more information on that, you can go to LuxuryListingBook.com. My name is Michael Lafito. I appreciate everybody's time. Again, if you're looking to break into and differentiate yourself in the high-end and luxury market, this is the right podcast to, to download. This is the right podcast to listen to. And remember... It's not the market, it's the marketing. Talk to you soon. Hey there, it's Michael Lafito. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. If you are interested in signing up for our Luxury Listing Specialist Certification, or if you want additional information on how you can dominate selling higher-end homes in your marketplace, make sure you go to LuxuryListingSpecialist.com.